Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for creatives and entrepreneurs seeking knowledge, purpose, and community. Brought to you by creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, every episode is recorded at our headquarters in Niceville, Florida. We're excited to share our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors, all willing to share with you their diverse wisdom and experience. So happy to have you with us today. Let's get started. Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedicke. And each week, all of our episodes are either like little snippets, guests, they're things that we know a little something about. And if it's not, then it's somebody that we bring in that knows a little bit of something about. And I'm excited about this episode because I have my daughter. (laughs) Hi, Anna. Hi. And Anna is our event coordinator here at Francis Roy. And we have like a prepped list of things that we want to talk about because this episode is all about event planning. But probably most people do not know is that and well, I've been in events for a hot minute. I have a certification in a meeting professional certification through the Convention Industry Council. And when we first moved here, there really weren't that many people who had that designation. When we lived in Wyoming, I was like one of two people in the entire state. And it's just a really good standard across the meetings industry. So not necessarily just events, but like large scale conferences, trade shows, meeting from an architectural perspective. And so Anna has been involved in events for a very long time because when she was younger, as young as middle school, she was traveling around with me and helping me at trade shows, setting up registrations, running registrations at like 13 years old, you know. So her experience, her professional experience is a couple, three years, but really your experience is your whole life. And our family is very like event centric. We're always putting events on and we've noticed some commonalities. Like these are just the things that we feel like are very important, whether you're doing a baby shower, a Thanksgiving, a benefit, a wine dinner, a conference, a convention, like any, there really is this like undercurrent of standard. Mm -hmm. And Anna and I talk about this a lot because she is developing the events department at Francis Roy and, you know, is uniquely qualified for that because of this background. But whether it's small or it's large, it really, like the foundational elements are really the same. Would you agree? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of like little things that you have to keep in mind, even if you're doing something small and something big. I mean, all these little things add up to the big things. So we see events like lose it because they don't focus on it. They'll say like, oh, an event is small, so it's not as significant. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, every event's significant because you want everything to come out successful and benefit anyone who's attending or any cause that you're doing it for. So really this, you have to focus more on small things. It's the big things that you can fix pretty like easily, but it's the like lack of communication, the not prioritizing certain things efficiently and the little things will derail your event uh, like more than the big things. Yeah. Well, and I agree with that. So we have a little bit of a list and I know we're going to drop a blog with this as well. Not necessarily how to plan an event, because we really feel like you can plan anything if you have, you know, if you keep in mind some of these structural things. So I don't know, what would be your first bit of advice? I guess for me, communication would be the biggest thing. 
personally, communication is very important to me. And I like to know like what's going on, staying in the loop, making sure I'm doing my job right and kind of benefiting to everyone else and making everyone's lives a little bit easier. And communication can really be the one factor in your event that could make it super successful or it could completely turn out to be a disaster. So when you're communicating your event, whether it be during the day of or like a few months in advance, when you're talking about starting the event, you can come up with like little methods to make sure that your team and you stay on the right course and you're very communicative. I mean, over communication is not a thing, a thing in the events. event world. No. So make it like double checking, making sure everyone knows what they're doing. And you're kind of like, it's kind of like harassment with event planning <laughs> and communication. So, cause you might be doing something completely right, but someone else on like your team may not have any idea that they're supposed to know what they're doing. Right. Like some people could probably not even know that they were supposed to be helping with the event. And so that can really hurt the communication. And I mean, it's the assumption, right? Yeah. Don't never assume that someone has like has all the information yeah. unless you give it to them. And then, you know, we, we say something a lot in the office, we just close the loop. Mm-hmm. If you start something, finish it. That is the closing of the loop. If you pass it to somebody else, it's still yours yes. to figure out if it was, you know, done in finality. Now in the, I, I would say this is different than any, the event world is different than any other perspective because that can be a little micromanaging, mm-hmm. but as like a lead coordinator, it is your job to be like, check, this was started, check, this was finished, regardless of who is carrying the ball over the line. Yes. And I mean, like, again, in events, you, there's never too much of something. Yeah. Like even day of it's, it's okay to like go back over everything that you did, like maybe three months ago. And even though you had it set in stone three months ago, someone new could have popped on or some like something was added and there's always someone else that you have to contact and make sure that they're in the loop. Yeah. Well, that's why we do a run of show. Mm-hmm. We do a run of event for every event, whether it's a small two hour event or it's a large scale multi-day event. Mm-hmm. And we really treat the smaller events like the larger events because you lose it in the small stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can be not you, but just like in general, people can be complacent with a smaller event. And they're like, oh, it's small. I plan large events all the time. And then boom, they lose it, mm-hmm. right? In the small event. And it's because they were complacent. They were, you know, thinking, oh, it's fine. I can handle a last minute fire. It's small. But why handle a last minute fire? Like well, you're, you're going to be dealing with enough stuff. Already. Well, and you also have to think about all parties involved, right? Like if you're leading an event and you think that you have it all under control, you also have to think about your other team members, everyone else who is helping you with that event and make sure that they aren't lost in fires that are popping up. Yeah. Like, yes, you are primarily responsible for those things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everything falls on you. Like there are certain aspects to an event where someone else might be right there, can fix it right there and then. And you kind of just have to like loosen the rein and just be like, yes, I trust you here, 
help me out. They need some autonomy. Yeah. They need to feel empowered to make decisions. And that's where communication comes from. It's, you don't, bad things are going to happen in all processes of events Mm -hmm. and event planning. It's the communication that is going to ensure that you get it done efficiently and correctly. Yeah. If you're overwhelmed with all these little things that you have to do, then your event's not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. So for like Francis Roy, I know that I can go to you or I can go to Hillary. I can go to anyone on our team and be like, I, I'm a little overwhelmed. I need help. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, everyone needs help at one point or another. So for me, I would rather ask for help to ensure a successful event than try to take it all on at once by myself and the event fail. Yeah. Well, I mean, I agree with that. And it is difficult to be like, hey, I need help with this. But events get large Mm -hmm. and you have different skills inventory on your team. Like there could be somebody who's just innately good at procurement or, Mm -hmm. you know, finding good deals for printed materials or whatever. And so making sure that those tasks are delegated is really important. I know one of the things that we try to do is start planning as soon as possible. That timing thing, it's so crazy how like, oh, I don't have, I have an event into the fall and you're thinking, oh, that's six months away. It really is is not that much time and it will happen. It will like snowball so quickly. And then before you know it, you're doing everything within the last two to three weeks and, uh, you know, shit's on fire and, you know, it's just more stress and anxiety than it needs to be. And plus you are, you have a higher propensity of making a mistake when you're in a hurry. And so that, you know, length of time, and we do this and we've always done this. I think even as a family, like, we have like a seven day countdown for Thanksgiving. We do. <laughs> like it's a, it's a thing. Like it is a thing. In our family, you can procrastinate procrastinate on a lot of things. It's like gatherings and stuff like that where we plan ahead because you don't know what's going to happen. Like with our family in general, you yeah. have no idea what's going to happen. I think that's with all families. Yeah. It's just like super unpredictable. They're just like rules that we have. And I use Thanksgiving as an, ex- as an example because it is a big event. It is like for our family. Usually we have anywhere between 23 and 28 people in attendance at Thanksgiving. Last year we had, was so, I hate like, to even what, say this, 30s? it was so nice. No, last year we had, well, we ended up having more people at the last minute because it's always mm-hmm. like a last minute thing. So then you're like planning for additional people, people who want to bring people or whatever, which is fine. But like I have learned over the years, like I'm not waiting. I have the same shopping list, you know, I'm prepping things. There's a certain day for pie crust. There's the days where I'm pulling all of the plates and everything out, counting them, washing them. I wrap those pictures in saran wrap, which is a, something I learned from events. <laughs> once, once dishes are washed, yeah. wrap them in plastic <laughs> and they stay clean. So the week of Thanksgiving, you see, we have like stacks of dishes on the big table and everything's wrapped in plastic because mm-hmm. once I do that once, like I don't want to do it again. Well, especially in the middle of like preparing the dinner yeah no forget it and you already got all like a bunch of dishes yeah that are dirty anyway yeah well and I, I think there's another thing like the planning thing very 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 strict about not trying new things Mm-mm. at events like Mm-mm. the if rest works, of your life is for trying new things mm-hmm. events is not for trying new things and I mean that like it doesn't mean don't get creative and don't do something new but you need to have a testing time before yes like try it out don't just be like 
oh my God, I'm going to try a stuffing recipe for 30 people. (laughs) And I've never tried it before ever. And you have this recipe that everybody loves. And you're like, bing, bang, boom, this is new. And everybody hates it. Yes. I mean, just it's, there's a difference between different setting, you know, location, all that stuff and like getting creative with that. If something works, (laughs) don't touch it. I mean, I know for us for Thanksgiving day, like if you step foot in the kitchen, you better know what you're doing, where the process is at. And if you're going to be helpful, if you're not move out of mom's way, like just move, get out of here. Don't even be in here. Why are you in here? Yeah. So I mean, it's just, it's a hard wire. Well, it's, I think it's everything too. Like what you're thinking, you're thinking about surfaces, mm-hmm. right? Like surfaces. If you think about where people are going to sit, so you're thinking of your seating, mm-hmm. you're thinking about the temperature in the room. Mm-hmm. Like this is something an event planner thinks about. That's why our house is always freezing. Yes, girl. Cause when you stack <laughs> 25 bodies in there, it gets hot. Everybody's <laughs> breathing and eating their mouths are open. Like I always adjust the temperature down. Are you having a light bulb moment? Yes, because it's like like 60 degrees yeah. on Thanksgiving day. When I'm us. cooking and I'm in there and not only that, the oven's running all day. Yeah. So the oven's running all day. Plus you put the bodies on top of that. If you keep your temperature in your home at the regular temperature, you're screwed. You're Every, everybody's hot. Everybody's, and when people, this is something that we know from planning events. You're in like a luncheon mm-hmm. in a hotel or whatever. If the temperature is wrong, everything is wrong. They will complain about the food. Mm-hmm. They will complain about the speaker. They will complain about ha- just overall general satisfaction and happiness. Like something about the climate will totally shift satisfaction or dissatisfaction in, in an attendee. So I temperature mean, for me, if I walk in and it's like freezing and it doesn't get warmer. That's the only thing I'll think about the whole time. Like I, everybody. Won't, I won't be paying attention. I won't, I'll be zoned in clearly on the fact that I'm freezing to death. Yes, because people are very foundationally the simple. Mm-hmm. We want to be comfortable. We need to know, like, if you have to pee, <laughs> if you have to pee and you can't get up to pee, it dominates it your does. experience, right? Mm-hmm. You're just like, you're not even thinking about the food. You're not thinking about what people are saying. All mm-hmm. you're thinking about is how miserable you feel in that moment. You're freezing and you have to pee. You're freezing and you have to pee. <laughs> and then it ruins everything. And so, you know, thinking through those things, you're not necessarily, I think, especially now because Pinterest has completely changed the game for events. <sighs> I know, but it's all about how something looks that we forget about the experience. A successful event is made or broken on the individual experience. Mm -hmm. It is, you can post Instagram photos all day, but if the people walk away from that and they feel just dissatisfied and unhappy, like that is what is going to be the experience. Well, I also think like, especially like during COVID and after COVID, I read so many blogs about event planning and how since COVID has happened and is continually like changing our day-to-day lives, there have been so many new positions that have opened up in different event planning departments for tech people. Mm. And so, I mean, since COVID happened, the live streaming, the hybrid is our new reality. Right. So in-person events, I hate that. I know you do. In-person events is like, it's awesome like to be able to go back to that, mm-hmm. but people, like you said, want to be comfortable. So if you think about it, it's very, very smart to do like a hybrid event because mm-hmm. people who 
want to stay home and know that they're going to be comfortable and they're situated correctly. It's like very interesting to see. Like that's a good point. Like a lot of tech positions that have come into light is like a whole nother side of your event department that could open up like really creative outlets. Mm -hmm. So you can plan your event according to like your target audience. But after the event, that kind of extra department connected to your event planning can get like analytics on like the true, like little basic things about what people really would prefer in an event. And they can even kind of like turn your event to profit them in their own little way and not necessarily, not necessarily have to be there or like do all the little things that's happening. Right. But it's really up to the attendee to kind of be plugged in, Mm -hmm. I think, because I'm so over Zoom. Like I really am. And I don't necessarily need, I feel like Zoom serves its purpose. Like if you have a meeting, that's like a 30 minute meeting. There is no reason for you to drive an hour in traffic across town for a 30 minute in-person meeting. But when you're talking about a multi-day function, mm-hmm. some people use Zoom as an experience to look like they're there. And then they're not, they're just doing something, they're else. doing something else. And so there has to be, I think, a middle ground where, you know, you know, some people have their like screen up. You see all the funny TikToks of the people who have the green screen in their yeah. car and they're like driving and traveling, but they're on the Zoom and it looks like they're in their office. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't know. I But then I think, you also have to think about that cool aspect about there are people who n- n- might not necessarily live here, but want to attend your event. And true. then you have that extra attendance and you have that extra yeah. little feedback that is provided because of the zoom yeah that's true too i guess that there's no perfect scenario no the people who want to be there are going to be there it, yeah the people who want to be there are going to be there the people who are just like like you know. for my 21st birthday yeah like i obviously we were still in covid time considered yeah and friends and family that couldn't be there i got this ginormous zoom call yeah and I still had the people who wanted, who were there presently with me, but I also had like my mom, Peppa, yeah, like all my grandparents and all like cousins and friends. But and that stuff. was like June 2020, yes. right? So people were not jaded about Zoom and they really were not thinking of creative ways to be present without being present. Mm-hmm. And I will say too, that was like, what, 30, 45 minutes? So it was, it went on for a while because some people just sat on yeah. and wanted to talk to me. But that was a hybrid event because we Mm -hmm. had the in-person stuff and then we also had the digital stuff. So that was really nice. Mm -hmm. But I think you just have to play it by ear. Like if it's a multi-day event, I have been to several too. I have been to several like virtual conferences in the last 12 months. And if it's multi-day, they never have the technology right. Mm. You can't hear the speaker, something's up. And so you're paying $99 or whatever to be a virtual attendee, but your experience also isn't there. So I think on both sides, the attendee needs to be engaged, but the event planner needs to make sure that that if you're offering a hybrid experience, it's not an afterthought. You really do need to put some money and some expertise into making that right mm-hmm. for your attendee, especially if they're paying because Maybe they're only paying $99 for the virtual and they would have paid $1,000 to be there, but that doesn't mean their experience should be shit. Exactly. You know, there needs to be some thought process behind that. Mm -hmm. Okay, what else do we have? So we talked about communication a great deal, planning early, which is huge. And then just like getting creative, which I think kind of goes in the hybrid space. Yeah, I mean, people are set in the virtual 
like yeah so you don't think it's going away i don't know well that's they're like interesting are well because people are just getting more comfortable with it why would you leave your house to like drive do all these things when you could just sit in your home it's too people out there is what you're saying yes <laughs> for me at least it is. <laughs> but like during covid you're you're isolated and you like you're sad you can't see people and then guess what you get to walk outside and there's so many people that you forgot were there <laughs> and you decide you know what this wasn't so bad i'm just gonna go back inside where i know i'm comfortable yeah so I feel like we do a whole nother episode though on the hybrid event and why it's so difficult for sponsors and donors, mm-hmm. right? Because you want to have that um, exposure course, and that, yeah. you know, that awareness and all that, you know, why is it, it's difficult for certain attendees, what it's doing to numbers, food and beverage minimums, room block minimums. I mean, there are all of these things because event planning is no way that we can squish it into a 30 minute thing. No. It is really this giant thing. I mean, going through the CIC certification, you're talking about, you know, tax rate differences for international events. And right now with COVID, COVID has made that incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Events and big conferences that were being, you know, handled overseas, some of them, you know, not everyone can attend because of travel restrictions. I mean, there's this like huge thing. And when we say events at Francis Roy, we don't just mean the small events or, or the, small we also like there is this whole component to event planning that is meeting architecture and really studying that and learning it and making sure that we are providing a positive return on our clients investment and that we're thinking about the customer journey, this attendee journey from the start to the finish. So, you know, how am I finding out about your event? How am I registering for your event? What is the pricing right? So that we're going to make money ultimately, because that is huge. You know, how are we finding sponsors? What does the signage look like? What is the on-site experience for that attendee? And then how can we maximize return so that the client is extremely happy and that the event is successful from a financial component? So, for there, me, I kind of feel like not like obviously not in this in a bad way, but each of our clients is an event for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I mean, yes, they have events, but yes, I mean, you have to plan, you have to have communicational methods, you have to not make sure you don't fall into procrastination. Like, yeah, clients and their organizations themselves are events. Yes. So every day, it's just never ending Yeah, (laughs) every day. And we're very grateful because we're happy to have the work, but yes, it is. All of these things are very applicable. I think in the day to day, Mm -hmm. not just when there is an event. Well, cause I know like whenever, like at first I heard about like event planning, I'm like, okay, well, I'm only going to be brought in for like specific certain events that are happening. And then the more and more that I got into it, I'm like, just the little things are kind of like an event, like you got to plan for it, like meetings and right. Doing all that kind of stuff. So it, I mean, for me, it's very interesting. It's like, yeah, kind of like for all event planners. Sure. But we just have a department. <laughs> Everybody is an event. Planner. That is quote from our event coordinator here at Francis Roy. I think that's very good advice. Well, I feel like 
people are going to have questions about this. And so I hope you're prepared. You can mm-hmm. definitely send your questions. Annalise at FrancisRoy.com or always hello at FrancisRoy.com. We all get that. And I mean, we could certainly do a part two to something like this because it's so huge. And there are so many different types of events. What kind of events do you guys need help with? Is there anything in particular? How has internet and technology really changed the scope of your event? Are you struggling through COVID? Are you trying to bring events that just didn't happen last year back online? We'd love to facilitate all those questions and hopefully provide you with some helpful answers. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we will be back with you next week with another great topic. Who knows? It might be part two event planning. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. Thank you so much, guys. See you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.